1: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia podcast where we bring you news and analysis of all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the Gold Dome. I'm your host Greg Bluestein, and today I'm joined by my colleague James Salzer, the AJC State House veteran, emphasis on the word veteran, to discuss Georgia's race for governor. We've gotten the first full week of this race underway. We're about 90-ish days to go until November election and we were just talking about how ridiculously um, uh, magnetic this race is to, to, to the national media. And there's a, just a ton of attention. Um, I drove up the other day to Chatsworth, Georgia, which is a good 90 minutes, and almost two hours away in the rain um, from, from, from Atlanta. And usually like a few months ago, I'd go to these events and I'd be one of the only reporters there. There'd be a couple of local reporters and and, there, and I'd be there. Um, or, you know, or sometimes I'd cover it, try to cover it remotely. This event... There was maybe a dozen or so reporters. There was eight, five or six cameras. Uh, Fox News was there, and the New York Times was there. And this was the third different New York Times reporter I had seen at an, at one of these events in the last week. So that just shows you of how much. And we already knew. I mean, look, Stacey Abrams is on the cover of Time magazine, so it doesn't get in in the in the media world, you know, more prominent than that. But. But she was on the front page of the New York Times and the Sunday Washington Post as well, and this is only going to get um, more frenetic as November nears. Right.
2: we're just starting. We're just starting this race, and then we've already seen you know several months of kind of intense coverage, uh, particularly in the New York Times of the race. Um, Brian Kemp's going to probably feel lonely um, in comparison <laughs> to Stacey Abrams, who's um, who is. Um, Kind of the the subject that everybody wants to write about um, and and do you know videos about and and, and talk about um, nationally. Um, I can't. Remember, I'm trying to think of the last time there was a candidate in Georgia. I mean, uh, Jason Carter got a little bit of national attention or got some national mm-hmm. attention, but it was nothing like this.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this is. It's a it's a crowded November election because there's a lot of important races to watch all over the nation and the Democrats are trying to take back the House and the Senate and and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of and offers on what 2020 looks like um, but even this is pr- the premier gubernatorial race and, and probably one of the top f- two or three races nationally now um, because of what it portends and the fun the fun part about this for us is we were on it long before it got all the yeah. national attention. Um, and, and and your crew at the AJC has covered these guys for a long, long time. The first time I covered Kemp was in 2002 when I was a student at the Red and Black, and it was his first run for state Senate against Doug Haynes, and he won. And we've all covered Stacey Abrams um, for years here, too, as she uh, became a very prominent member and then later on the leader of the State House Democrats. And was the go-to person for you know Democratic strategy for a long time. Yeah,
2: it'll be it'll be interesting to watch, and and uh, that'll set say, that says something about uh, where she'll be able to uh, get her support as well. I mean, obviously, there's she's getting a lot of financial support from out of state, she's getting a lot of California, and New York, and particularly New York and Washington D.C. help. Um, you know, uh, Brian Kemp will be getting that, too, but it'll be from things people like the uh, Republican Governors Association. It'll be from big Washington, you know, PACs that'll dump a bunch of money into the race at some point. The other part of that is we'll, there'll be a lot of money spent in this race um, that we won't know where it came from. Yeah. Because there's a lot of independent groups that'll be um, I one of the uh, a former Ethics Commission executive director who, who creates a lot of these um, dark money, uh, groups or independent groups, um, said, he said by September, we won't see any ads at all paid for by the candidates. It'll all be with these independent groups. And those generally aren't like, you know, friendly, nice, um, you know, portraits, yeah, portraits of the family <laughs> with, uh, with, uh, you know, people, smiley people and, 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 uh, all the wonderful things the candidates, you know, have stood for and will do. Um, they're generally, uh, Straight up negative, you know, uh, dark music. Maybe you know, Freddy is uh, Freddie Krueger type music in the background, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and we get emails and, and calls and questions from readers a lot about who funds these ads because we already saw millions of dollars of, of these ads in the in the first, you know, two phases of this race, the the primary and the in the runoff. And we're gonna see a lot more now, and it's important to know that we really don't know much about who's funding these we know that some of the general broad outlines of the group but it's right. hard to deduce exactly who's putting it's this money possible
2: in. because under under federal law the way they're set up they don't have to and they don't want to disclose they want to they want to be able to get three, four, five million dollars from maybe one donor um and be able to kind of uh you know influence a race and and under federal law they don't have to disclose in some of these cases and we saw that particularly in lieutenant governor's mm-hmm. race where um one washington group um i, I say group loosely because it's probably one person that created this pack he he or she gets money from somebody from georgia who doesn't who didn't like david schaefer i, I assume um and and ran these just you know nasty um uh, ads and put out mailers uh, nicknaming him Shady Schaefer and making accusations, some of which uh, were dubious at best. Um, that's nobody's ever spent three point three million dollars in a lieutenant governor's race to do something like that. So I mean, that was you know somewhat revolutionary, but that's kind of the future.
1: Yeah, and when you win by seventeen hundred votes, like Jeff Duncan did, every little bit counts. And so expect expect more of the same um, for the general, just a lot more of the same, and from from both parties. And there's a lot at stake. Stacey Abrams has already gotten pledges from, from millions of dollars of outside support from groups. George Soros gave a million bucks to the state Democratic Party, yep. which is a giant chunk of change yep. for a state party that's you know that, that once had so little money in its in its coffers that it struggled to buy a used car. Now they've got yep. you know, teeming with
2: cash. Biggest money, biggest single donation by an individual, I think, in Democratic Party history. Um, that I think Mark Taylor gave in 2006 gave around that much. But he was a candidate and he was given to kind of promote his candidacy. But, um, and the Soros family has also given, I want to say, close to $100,000 to directly to Stacey Abrams' campaign. So, um, you know, they're all in. And if they're all in, there's probably, you know, another 10 or 20 uh, billionaires or multimillionaires uh, on both sides who are going to get involved as well.
1: And remember, one of the biggest Republican mega donors in the nation is right here in Georgia, Georgia uh, Bernie Marcus. And so look for, look, look for him to see whether or not he makes a move, a major move in this governor's race. And so far, major moves in this governor's race. I mean, the interesting thing about this first week is you're seeing sort of uh, the same strategy you've always seen from Brian Kemp doing the, the runoff, which is an appeal to his, his party's conservative base. Um, he hasn't had too many public events since since he got the runoff, but the uh, two of them that we watched. One was the Unity Rally, where he and every other Republican leader in Georgia took to the stage and said that, uh, he said nice things about Kemp, but attacked Abrams as a, they called her a socialist. They called her out of touch. They called her a creature of California, a creature of New York. They said she was a, a liberal who was too left leaning for Georgia. Um, where And the other big event from Kemp was he went and spoke to um, a, a large group of law enforcement officers. And he doubled down on another campaign issue, which was uh, public safety reform. He called for higher police pay, and he said he would give police more resources to crack down on gangs. It was one of his closing messages in the uh, – doing the, the primary phase. At the same time, Abrams, meanwhile, has really avoided using Brian Kemp's name at all. I, I, I was watching one of her recent town hall uh, meetings in Dalton, and I don't think she said the words Brian Kemp at all the entire time.
2: She's not saying it maybe publicly that way, but but um, her fundraising efforts are yes. certainly, I mean, at, at pretty much any time um, either Donald Trump or uh, Brian Kemp, um, you know, pop their head out, um, they're sending a fundraising note saying, you know, you, we need to, Brian Kemp's too much, you know, them, I'm paraphrasing, but then Brian Kemp's too much like Donald Trump or Donald Trump is at it again. We need to stop him. Please contribute to our campaign. So she is using him. It's maybe, maybe just not, you know. Yeah. Or her campaign is. I her campaign is. Using
1: yeah. it. She's and she's not. It's really interesting. She's kind of this above the for now at least. And of course, this is all going to change as November nears. But for now at least, she's kind of like taking the above the fray, almost a front runner approach. Um, right. She's acting like the front runner, even though we haven't really seen any significant polls that show anyone being way in the lead or way behind. Um, but she asked directly to criticize, to say what? She, hey, you know, Donald Trump tweeted that you're an open borders, crime-loving candidate. That's exactly what he tweeted. Um, how's what's your response? And she she ducked a direct response to Donald Trump. She she's is ducking direct chances to attack Brian Kemp. Instead, she's kind of bobbing, weaving, and focusing on uh, what what she says are the solvable problems, uh, which are Medicaid expansion. Um, she talks about more school, public school funding. Um, she talks about building a more diverse economy and, 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 and ensuring up Georgia's infrastructure. So this is sort of her move to I don't know I don't know if it's pivot or what, but but it's her approach to the center. Um, she she she's not shying away from talking about gun control and um, decriminalization of marijuana and other issues that help power her past Stacey Evans in the primary. Um, so if you ask her about it, she'd still talk about it, but th- it's not her main message, right?
2: Right, right. but we, we, you know, as as much as um, Brian Kemp um, might still be um, uh, speaking audiences in a way that where he's, he that he's touting some of the same issues he did in his primary race, and she's doing it in her, uh, she's still talking to her base. Um, we saw an example of. Uh, Governor Deal, Deal making a decision, and both of them having um, uh, somewhat similar answers um, that that were kind of uh, yeah. uh, Georgia business uh, answers. I mean, the the the, the people who have Mainstream. really right, that really run has really run the politics of the state forever. Um, Governor Deal decided um, that he was going to um, suspend. Um, Taxes, uh, sales, state sales tax on jet fuel, uh, which, as you remember, was a very controversial issue during the session this year, and will be very in, will be a very controversial issue next session. Um, um, this year, there was a bill up to the governor. Deal was pushing that. Um, Delta then uh, decided to cut ties with the NRA. And uh, that didn't sit very well in election year with Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle and many lawmakers. Um, within a couple of days, the Delta tax, as we called it, uh, they don't like us to call it that, mm-hmm. but the Delta tax. cut, jet fuel airline tax. Yes, right, uh, was uh, was killed, And but Governor Deal made it pretty clear, I think, r- early on that uh, that wasn't the end of it. And so it was the end of it, and this week, what did, what did uh, Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams say about it? Uh,
1: they both said they uh, more or less supported the governor's decision. And flash back to February when, when, when the NRA, when Delta cut ties with the NRA and they they basically ended this this discount for NRA members uh, that only affected maybe a dozen or so. But it was this big deal and it really in, in, infuriated conservatives back in in the spring. Um, and you had not just Casey Casey Cagle tweeted the the unforgettable treat that he vowed to kill any tax break that helped Delta Airlines. And it helped him win the NRA's um, endorsement. And it helped for a little while float talk that he actually could win his primary without a, uh, without a runoff, which ended up not happening, of course. Nope. Um, but it sort of, you know, put him in a really premier spot for a little bit there. But at the same time, the other four Republicans running for the same office for governor all back to back to stance in, in more or less uh, including Brian camp who said he unequivocally opposed any tax break for Delta not only that but he went a step further and said that state funding state state tax dollars were being wasted on on things like uh, you know a tax break for jet fuel and should be better spent on a July 4th weekend tax break on ammo and guns um, for, for Georgians so he kind of took a step further than, than Casey Cagle did. Flash forward to a week after the runoff. Right. You know, you got your your both your, your your general election ticket set. Governor Deal decides to suspend it temporarily for a year. Lawmakers will have to come back to it next year. And what does Brian Kemp say? He says he trusts Governor Deal's wise counsel <laughs> and um and that the economic impact seems to be there. So his campaign says that this wasn't a flip flop but it clearly is a a different stance than he took um, a few just a
2: few months ago. Yeah, I'm not sure they know what the word flip flop means if they don't think that was flip flop. Um, and and Stacey Abrams also, by the way, said, you know, um, she had and she said stated certain criteria for um, uh, for doing these kind of tax breaks, um, which we frequently call special interest tax breaks. And um, and she said the, this seemed to meet the criteria. So, um, you know, they were both pretty much on board with this, and you and I have talked about it. And this we expect to see a lot of this, um, uh, particularly from Brian Kemp's camp, that um, when Governor Deal makes decisions, he says, well, there's only one governor currently, and, you know, I have to support. Um, I'm supporting the guy who's, you know, in office and making these decisions, um, which, you know, considering how popular – uh, Governor Deal is right now. It's probably not a bad move.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, the Governor Deal could be just the the, the crucial um, tool in, in in Brian Kemp's toolbox. I don't know how to put it. But he could be this a very major player down the road, depending on how Kemp's campaign decides to try to utilize him and, and whether or not, you know, how cool Governor Deal is with that. Because we saw after he gave Casey Cagle his endorsement um, in July— that was it. Deal didn't do much more. Right. He, didn't, he didn't appear in campaign ads. He didn't join the fly around. He didn't headline rallies or anything like that. He just gave his endorsement and kind of moved on. Um, but in October, I can see if Governor Deal and Brian Kemp are both up for it, I could see Kemp's campaign putting Governor Deal out into suburban Atlanta. Uh, having him headline rallies in Gainesville, where where there's a huge number of Republican voters um, that helped uh, deal win his 2010 and 2014 elections. Um, one more thing about the Kemp tax break issue too is Kemp's always said that he wants to review all tax breaks across the board. Right. But up until last week, the only one that I knew of that he had already sort of checked off and said was 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 fine with him was the film, film tax, tax credit. credit. Uh, which he said has already proven its worth in Georgia and was, it was of course um, championed by Sonny Perdue before governor deal and then also by governor deal. So this, this was, this was kind of a, a little bit of a surprise uh, but also put him in a box because at this point now he needs the mainstream Republican and business community to side with him. Um, if he wants to sort of, you know, rebuild the party and, and get a lot of those Casey Kegel supporters, No were you know, obviously Kegel didn't, didn't have a tremendous outpouring of support, but he still had a lot of the you know, the so-called uh, business interests behind him, and a lot of them are still a little bit worried um, over this election. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, he, one, of the, one of the more interesting things about it too is this is the first time in twenty years that we've had a race where you have no incumbent in the race, and the and and the financial picture of, for the state is so good that when a candidate says, I want to do X and it's going to cost, I don't know, $100 million, $200 million, they may actually have the money to do it, which yeah. is kind of interesting because in you know, the last several elections we've had, um, either the economy's been in the tank, there was a Great Recession, and a the recession, the 9 post post-9-11 re- election, or they, they just, like 2014, like, as the state was financially coming out of it, the state government, and so... Uh, I think that was the year, if I remember correctly that uh, governor it was first year the governor Deal um, recommended a pay raise um, for teachers and state employees in like five or six years. And so th- there was there was there was um, they were coming out of it, but this is a year where there's there could be um, a, a very large surplus of money uh, tax revenue coming in. And uh, the two candidates have very different uh, views on how what to do with that. And um, but it's it's actually can be this this will actually be a debate where they can actually say um, it's not unrealistic to say um, I want to expand Medicaid, for instance, Mm -hmm. which is what Stacey Abrams said. Or in Brian Kemp's case, it's not unrealistic to say I'm going to try to. uh, cut the uh, state income tax further. And we're, we've, we've already done it this year, but we're about to do it. You know, he wants to do it again. Um, while the, the House and Senate Budget Chairman would not like me to say it, it, they actually have the money this year. That that some of those things at least are debatable.
1: Yeah, and and we mentioned we've mentioned throughout this entire um, general election phase what polar opposites these two candidates are. And James hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, that, 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 that extends to how to use state funding. And Stacey Abrams said it, and she said it again at a recent uh, town hall meeting in Dalton. The very first thing she would do is ex- use that money to expand Medicaid. If it means dipping into the general fund, if it means reversing uh, the, the, the income tax uh, cut that lawmakers passed earlier this year, uh, whatever whatever it will take, that's her top priority because she believes the economic impact down the road – will be vast enough to help float Georgia's revenues back up. She thinks it will create thousands, tens of thousands of jobs, help uh, rural areas where hospitals are closing and um, shore up economics down uh, throughout the state. Whereas Brian Kemp's first thing he said he'd, he'd do, economically-wise, is uh, have a cap on state spending, rein in what he, what he views as wasteful spending – and use some of that extra money to to refund it to taxpayers, whether it be an income tax break or other sort of property, uh, other sort of uh, tax relief.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll be interested to see um, if he does win what they determine as wasteful, because um, that's kind of a common theme is that, that, um, uh, that governments are going around like piling up money in the middle of the street and burning it so they they stop that that'll solve all the problems because there's very uh, you know I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doubtful that there is waste in state government but I don't know how much they're gonna find after um, essentially uh, two administrations in a row uh, Sonny Perdue and Nathan deal um, where they were uh, pinching pennies at times um, so I'm not sure I'm not sure they're gonna find that but um, it, it, it is it's it's um, interestingly I think the the um, if, if we if, if you look at the two candidates on that issue the cost of um, uh, Medicaid expansion is less um, if the federal government keeps its commitments which is always a big if um, then reducing to the state would 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 cost less than the revenue that will be lost if they um, followed through on um, cutting tax you know cutting the tax rate down to five percent um it's a greater loss to the state um so that's you know that's what's interesting about this debate is that you can actually you can actually um talk about this and think you know there's there's possibilities Now the reality is is that the democrats are not going to take the legislature next year more than like i mean not. Anything can happen, but yeah, more than likely, more than likely, there's still going to be a pretty strong Republican majority in in the legislature. So, Stacey Abrams gets elected, um, I'm just taking a wild guess that they're not going to be, uh, you know, uh, ready to um, do something like Medicaid expansion, which has always been a. a uh, issue that the Republicans have uh, been very strong against,
1: yeah the legislature has the final say on medicaid expansion, and if abrams is elected that's that's her number one priority and i wouldn't put it i wouldn't rule it out, but it would have to be a lot of horse trading it yeah. it'd be a, it'd be a huge concession it would take probably something you know she'd have to She'd have to take her top Republican priority and say this will only happen if you guys do my top priority, and you could see some sort of compromise. But that's a long way—that's <laughs> a long way out. One more thing we want to talk about um, from this past week that was a pretty major development was Barack Obama weighing in on not just the governor's race where he endorsed Stacey Abrams, but he also endorsed Sarah riggs the lieutenant governor candidate, and two down ticket candidates for state office, for state house. Uh, it was part of a wave of about 80 endorsements he did. And it really kind of sets up this interesting um, situation, scenario where we, we already have Donald Trump yep. and Mike Pence backing um, uh, Brian Kemp, of course. We could have, and we already have Hillary Clinton and other Democratic hopefuls backing Stacey Abrams. Now we have President Obama. We could See, foreseeably, both of them, Obama and Trump, maybe Michelle Obama, maybe Hillary Clinton, maybe some other Democratic big names come down here to sort of counter the big Republican names we, we, we're we pretty sure are coming down here again, like Mike Pence, like Donald Trump, and like Paul Ryan.
2: Right. The interesting well, many interesting things about it. Well, I'm sure in October we're going to see a lot of these, the big names coming to Georgia. Um, again, something that hasn't necessarily happened in every election cycle for the in the governor's race. Um, the other thing is it's interesting is you'll have you have um, you have uh, uh, Trump who who ran a close race with uh, Hillary Clinton in Georgia lost m- much of Metro Atlanta but killed it in uh, outside of Atlanta um, versus uh, Obama who lost twice in Georgia um, but had the same, I mean, some of the same areas that voted for Hillary Clinton voted for Obama, so it wasn't, uh, so you, but anyways, you have the, it's interesting, you just have, you'll have, this is a true Trump versus Obama race, and that's
1: yeah, and uh, we will be a star-struck Georgia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing better. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all sorts of, uh, lots, of lots of spotlight, yeah. lots of attention.
2: Greg will spend uh, many hours waiting in the security lines trying to get through to go to these events. <laughs> yeah. But he will bring it to you. He'll, he'll, be, he'll we'll, do it.
1: We'll be there four or five hours beforehand. Uh, I've only taken a couple more vacation days through November, uh, so <laughs> hang with us.
2: You can't take those days either. <laughs>
1: Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Head to AJC.com forward slash politics to subscribe to Politically Georgia. You'll get access to our daily newsletter, along with all of our stories and updates on all things Georgia politics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate us. It really means a lot to us when you do. And as always, thank you for listening.
0: Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song.